Welcome to Talk About Tatooine. I'm Andrew. I'm Nathan. And we are twin brothers here to bring you what's new in nerddom and give colorful commentary on our favorite subjects. Welcome to our cantina. Grab a drink and settle in as we set course for realities beyond our own. Happy Saturday, everybody, or actually whenever you're reading this. Uh, you're actually going to be listening to this on a Monday because that's when, realize, when it comes out. Today is Saturday, January 20th. Welcome to episode 57. We're going to be releasing this on the 22nd, so in just a few days. Um, today we're going to be discussing Warhammer news, covering some of the news from the Las Vegas Open, and speculating about the future of 40k on the tabletop. But first, let's start off with our starter questions, which are all going to be Warhammer related today. And then stick around for the end. We do have lots of other news to cover as well. All right, Nathan, what is your favorite Chaos Space Marine Legion? Black Legion, hands down. I love their aesthetic. They're just, they're neutral chaos without being, like, without leaning too much into, like, one, the purview of, like, one specific chaos god. And I don't really like that, especially since Slanish is gross. And I just <laughs> feel like they played the field really well. Only there was a term for that. Hmm. Hmm. So I would definitely have to say Black Legion. And I love the black and gold armor scheme. Yeah. Like I'm like, I want to paint all my stuff black and gold. So I'm actually painting my knights black and gold. So they're, they're kind of on the edge. They're technically, they're built as Imperial Knights, but I'm going to paint them like Imper or, uh, Chaos Knights. So it could be like, eh, which one are they? It's like. They could be both. And I have magnetized their arms, so uh, full customizability there. Nice. For me, my favorite Legion is actually the Death Guard. They kind of suck right now, which kind of blows. Um, I love Mortarian. I think his whole Grim Reaper vibe is awesome. However, I think he did get done dirty in 10th edition because he was unstoppable in 9th edition. <laughs> that He could kill anything. Some of the things that made Death Guard like really, really tough have been nerfed quite a bit. I mean, I've said it before uh, on the pod. It's because I believe it. Death Guard are awesome. Mortarians, awesome. No rest for Morty. All right, Andrew, what is then your least favorite Chaos Space Marine Legion? Oh my gosh, I hate these guys. Word bearers. Lorgar is, is a lame Primarch. He sucks. He's totally lame. He's like, I'm going to worship my daddy. How many times in the Horus Heresy books does Lorgar get the absolute crap beaten out of him? He gets beat up a few times. By his allies and his enemies. He just, <clears throat> I don't like him. And now like the word bearers are running like scared dogs from, I want to say the Raven Guard in the Eye of Terror. I don't know. I haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Uh, I believe that's the case. And I was going to say, and the entire heresy was Erebus's fault. Like in the Warhammer wiki, he's literally called the architect of the heresy. And I'm just like, it's the whole, like, if you could go back in time, would you kill baby Hitler? If you could go back in time, would you kill baby Erebus? We don't condone killing babies on this podcast. Unless it's baby Hitler. <laughs> Unless it's baby Erebus or baby Hitler. I, so this is going to put, I mean, I'm, before I get into my answer, this is going to put me in a, probably a bad light for most people. I kind of like Lorgar. I kind of like him. How does it feel being an idiot? Okay. Uh, it feels pretty good. He's just an underdog. <laughs> and like the books that are about him, like are just, I feel like he's the only one that gets kind of like the importance of like chaos's point of view. And I really, really he like that. He stays on and message. Yeah. yeah, he stays on message quite a bit, and he comes from an incredibly zealotrous background, and I think that's really compelling. I mean, how, to be fair, it's it's not, un, I know a lot of people are the good stupid, he wor worshipped his emperor and he got mad. I'm like, how, how many horrible things have been done in the name of a religion in real life? So I'm like, I think it's a pretty compelling backstory 
because you're like, yeah, that totally could have happened. Absolutely. So I really like Lorgar and the fact that now he's running from the Raven Guard. I actually really like that because then uh, he's it just shows the importance of uh, gosh, Con, uh, not Conrad, but Corvus Corax. So I really and I really like Corax. I think that interaction is really cool. But Lorgar, again, how I say that I really liked the Black Legion because they're kind of like they're basically chaos undivided. So is Lorgar. He's chaos undivided. He serves the Pantheon, not just a single deity. And I really like that. My least favorite Chaos Space Marine Legion, hands down, Emperor's Children. They're nasty. They're, they're gross. gross. Like, I wish they would just get eradicated. I'm like, they're so dumb. And the Noise Marines are so, they're broken, but they're not. Like, in the books, they read as being incredibly broken. And then some Marines are like, oh, I can just resist this by the force of my will. And then they shoot <laughs> the Noise Marine in the head. And I'm like, it's super inconsistent. So I don't really like how they're written. And Lord, not Lorgar, but... uh Fulgrim is nasty. Ugh. I don't like Fulgrim. Fulgrim. He's uh, he's gross. Not a fan. If you guys are fans of Emperor's Children, I'm sorry. I don't like him. Before we get into our main discussion here today, guys, we are going to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Huge thanks to our top patrons, Mike and Isaac, and new addition, David, as well. You guys are the reason we do this. And honestly, you guys have been a delight to chat with on our Discord server. We actually just had our first book club beating right before this, talking about Horus Heresy Book 1, Horus Rising. And it was just really cool to hear everyone's opinions, uh, the perspectives, and kind of seeing people get into the lore of 40k for kind of the first time. And I'm really, really excited about that. For just $5 a month, you can support us here over at Talk About Tatooine. So we can do more awesome things like giveaways, game servers, and higher quality content. That being said, everyone who is currently a patron does get invited to our book clubs, which we're trying to have them as frequently as we can. And you also get access to our Discord server, and you get access to our current Minecraft realm as well. If that realm fills up, we might need to get a, another one as well. So again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much, and let's get right into the show. Awesome. So today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, the Las Vegas Open, which happened like just a couple days ago. We're talking about some of the Warhammer news that came out over uh, the Las Vegas Open in this last week. Mostly, we're going to be talking about stuff from Warhammer 40k. So there was tons of stuff from Warhammer the Old World, Horus Heresy, Age of Sigmar, things like that. We're going to keep it to 40k for the most part. So to start off, they are coming out with a new Kill Team box, which is Night Lords and Drukhari. So it's like space goths uh that's gonna be great nice that's so accurate <laughs> yeah they're space goths the two main things we're gonna talk about mostly are gonna be the dark angels and the tau so these were the big releases that came out nathan did i send you the links because i i made lots of notes on the dark angels but i had not had a chance to make notes on the crute um so we'll want to have that up uh yes i do have them open currently okay Okay, so one thing that I was actually really confused about was uh, I thought the Solar Auxilia, which is a new Age of Darkness army, I thought that was coming to 40k. I was like, oh, 40k is getting a new army. It's like, no, Horus Heresy is getting a new army, and it is the Solar Auxilia, which... Oh, that's dope. They look awesome, but like, how is this not the Imperial Army? Like, let me know in the comments, like, if you know... Like, who, what is the Solar Auxilia? Like, are they, like, if uh, the Imperial Guard is the army, are they the Marines? Like, is this <laughs> Space Marines, but not the Space Marines? I don't, I have no idea 
who they are. So if you know, let us know. Andrew, go ahead and talk to us about some of the new Dark Angel stuff that's come into Warhammer 40k. Okay, so for context, I run Dark Angels, so this is like Christmas for me. Almost very literally, because the Dark Angels army box that got released was announced on Christmas, and now more of the details are starting to come out over the Las Vegas Open. So we're starting to get more information on the two of the detachments that are going to be in the Dark Angels Codex, one of them being Deathwing Assault and the other one being Ravenwing Company of Hunters. Uh, we're going to start with Deathwing Assault. So this is their first company, Terminators. Terminators, veterans, dreadnoughts, literally my entire army. I was built for this. I'm so excited. Uh, first off, Deathwing Knights, uh, they are getting a rule called Inner Circle, which is minus one to the damage characteristic of units that are shooting at them. This is bonkers good. And here's why. Because typically, uh, when we've seen stuff that's uh, that reduces damage, it is just reducing, it's like however damage you would take, minus one from that damage. But reducing the actual damage characteristic is way better because then it's like if they're hitting you with multiple shots for damage two, now all of those shots are damage one instead of just being like, take the sum of those shots and minus one from it, you're minus one from every single shot that's being taken. So it's pretty good. So Deathwing Knights are super, super tough. Deathwing Terminators, which are different from Deathwing Knights, do not get this rule, as far as I'm aware. So it's only the Deathwing Knights, which are their melee-only guys, are going to get this rule, which is good because they're not, they don't move fast. They're probably going to be a five-inch move. But like having that toughness and some of the teleport shenanigans that Deathwing is known for is going to be really helpful for them. Moving on, all veterans and dreadnoughts are getting the Deathwing keyword. Um, so in ninth edition, what you could do before is dreadnoughts and vehicles, you could pay extra to give them the Deathwing keyword or I think it was actually the inner circle keyword, but that means something different in 10th edition. Um, but this, they're just going to automatically get it. So basically your army can get uh, Deathwing if you want. Uh, veterans, I'm assuming this will also include the lion. Uh, it would not really make a ton of sense if the lion was not able to lead a Deathwing company. <laughs> exactly. Seems pretty obvious that he will get that addition to his uh data sheet when the codex is released uh, i am going to pre-order this so as soon as i get it we will be doing a full walkthrough of what this codex says um we're not going to do that with all of the codexes because we're not flush with cash <laughs> uh and the codexes are super expensive Unless you all want to decide to randomly support us on Patreon, then we can do that. But because I indeed, <laughs> but because I, I'm a Dark Angels player. That's why we're we're actually going to have access to that codex, um, and put it as a tax write off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Let's see. Uh, I'm really excited for this word. So uh, this keyword being added because I have a lot of dreadnoughts. I have a lot of terminators and I have the lion. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to add some of my vehicles in there. Um, I have a lot of vehicle proxies that I would like to add. I do have like a predator tank, um, but I have a proxy 
uh, a 3D printed resin proxy of a repulsor executioner, which is a Triceratops mech. It's literally a, a mecha dinosaur. It is so cool. Not tournament legal. <laughs> Not even close, but super cool. But I'm really hoping he gets the Deathwing keyword as well. We'll have to see once that comes up. Or maybe even an enhancement to say, give one of your units the Deathwing keyword for 10 extra points. That would be a good 10 points. Uh, moving on, the detachment rule, they have this thing called Vowed Target. This is a pretty good attachment rule. So looking at it, uh, I'm just going to read it off. At the start of your command phase, select one objective marker. Until the start of your next command phase, that objective marker is your vowed objective marker. Each time a Deathwing infantry unit from your army makes an attack that targets a unit within range of your vowed objective marker, add one to the wound roll. Yummy. That's just good. That's just really good. That's basically saying that target right there, we're going to take it and we're going to take it hard. Phrasing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, statistically, I'm not 100% sure if plus one to the wound roll is actually better mathematically than re-rolling re the wound roll. Um, but either way, it's going to be good because that's something that Space Marines lost with um, Oath of Moment. You used to be able to get to re-roll the wound roll against an Oath of Moment target. Uh, but this is kind of good in a different way, because if your opponent has really swarmed an objective, you're going to be able to just mow them down. Uh, let's see. Moving on. So looking at the Deathwing Assault box, it looks awesome. It's 10 Terminators, 5 Deathwing Knights, and uh, Belial. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. Uh, it looks really awesome for people who want to get into Space Marines, specifically Dark Angels, because like these are like the best of the best units um i will warn you this is a very elite army they are very point heavy like a five-man blob of terminators they're looking at like around 50 points a model maybe a little bit less maybe like 44 points a model they're very very expensive so it's going to be very elite not quite as elite as like custodies or something but you're certainly going to be paying a lot of points per model not super thrilled that the new sculpt of belial is going to be locked behind an army box uh, because having that strong character to be able to attach to like a Deathwing Knight squad or a Deathwing Command squad or Terminators. Listen, I, I have the Terminators I need. I don't need anything more. But now that I have to wait for Belial to like get his own release, it's a little frustrating. I do also have a metal cast of Ezekiel, and I would love for him to also get the Deathwing keyword. I'm Assuming since he's considered a veteran, I believe he will. So I'm excited for that. Uh, and then overall, they just have a lot of teleport shenanigans. Uh, they have a couple upgraded rules for teleport Homer, which for some reason didn't get attached here. I have to like pull that up, even though I I have I have the memory of putting my notes in and putting pictures in the notes, and now they're just gone. <laughs> Neat. Although us using Google Docs is still significantly better than us using Microsoft OneNote. Trash. Ooh, I think I found it. Cool. Let's see. Inner Circle, we talked about that. Deathwing Assault. Here's what I want to talk about. So this is an enhancement for the Deathwing. It's called Deathwing Assault. It's an enhancement, so it attaches to a model, a Deathwing model with the deep strike ability only, so a Terminator. Uh, 
The bearer's unit can be set up using the deep strike ability in the reinforcement step of your first, second, or third movement phase, regardless of any mission rules. So this is really good because typically um, when you're going through uh, and using stratagems such as like rapid ingress or reinforcements, uh, it's it limits which turns you can place them out on. Um, so for teleport stuff, I'm not sure if you could actually place them on turn one. I have to, I'd have to reread the rules, uh, but this makes it so it's like, yes, you can teleport onto the field turn one. Typically you would not be able to do that. Okay. Yeah. That's the only thing I wanted to talk about for Deathwing. I will say the new Deathwing Knights look magnificent. I mean, they look, they look so cool and I really want them, but it's going to be, it's going to be like 10 bucks a model. That's really what it's going to come down to. I am going to be putting up eBay alerts. Uh, if you guys have listened to the podcast before, you know that we're huge advocates of buying things secondhand and not directly supporting Games Workshop all the time. <laughs> that is all we have for Deathwing. That is first company. Now we're going to talk about second company. We're going to talk about the Ravenwing Company of Hunters. Yeah, buddy. Blah, blah, blah. The Ravenwing Command Squad. So this is a unit of three mounted characters can now be directly attached to a unit of Ravenwing Black Knights or Outriders. This is this has not been seen before. So before only a single character could be attached to a unit as a leader. Well, Dark Angels have these things where they have command squads where it's multiple characters. Well, now these multiple characters can attach to units. So you have these massive blobs of riders just sweeping through the battlefield. And I think it's going to be really cool. Some of the best builds in ninth edition were actually with Ravenwing being able to like zip through the battlefield. One of the things we've really preached on this channel as far as like winning games is take objectives, stay mobile, and don't get battle shocked. Uh, Ravenwing is good at all three of those. In addition, Outriders are getting the battle line. That's really good. So what you can do, I think, is you can take up to, I want to say, six Outriders plus an Invader ATV, now plus another three units. That's a 10-person blob of bikes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be awesome. First off, is outriders are stupid expensive so if you're if you're gonna run 36 outriders in a game you're gonna be shelling out a ton of money go to ebay outriders were included as part of the ninth edition army box so you might be able to actually find quite a few of them online personally i don't think the outriders are that good of units they're not my favorite i think they do too little damage for how much points they do that's just my gut i haven't actually done the mathematical analysis on like hey where do these guys stand as far as like average damage per point one thing i really wanted to talk about this is a con some confusing terminology that i'm going to clarify the detachment rule for ravenwing second company is called masters of maneuver plural masters of maneuver however there is an enhancement called master singular of maneuver master of maneuver i want to talk about the enhancement real quick and then i'll go back and talk about the detachment rule the enhancement reads as follows ravenwing model only if the bears unit starts the battle in strategic reserves its point value does not count towards the combined points limit for units from your army that are in strategic reserve and for the purposes of setting up that unit on the battlefield, treat the current battle round number as being one higher than it actually is. So like we talked about for using 
deep strike or rapid ingress there are certain limitations based on what turn it is i think for rapid ingress or just coming in from strategic reserves at all you have to come up from a board edge at least nine or six inches from a board edge and nine inches horizontally from any character unless it's turn three then it can be anywhere on the battlefield and it just has to be nine inches away horizontally from any enemy model so with the this new ability not only do you get free units you can bring them out sooner than you would be normally this enhancement is not going to stay i would bet real world money on that thankfully i don't have betting money so i'm not going to <laughs> but this is going to get nerfed like having this enhancement especially if we're talking about that 10-man blob of outriders with an invader atv and a ravenwing command squad if you took the master of maneuver enhancement that's 10 free models that's insane like depending on how we don't know how much this is going to cost master of maneuver it seems like all you have to do is pay the enhancement cost for that ability and you're good to go Dude, if this is 100 points, it's still worth it. <laughs> Free units is not something we've ever seen in Warhammer. So I'm really excited for you. So I'm kind of hoping you can get some of these models and I get to play against them. <laughs> I do have two Invader ATVs and some Outriders. Problem is a lot of the old bike models are not like they're they're getting phased out like i don't even think you can buy some of them anymore so we're most likely going to see new sculpts for the raven wing specifically come out very very soon nice okay so i've spent a lot of time talking about raven wing there's only a couple more things i want to talk about so we're going to talk about the detachment rule masters of maneuver so the detachment rule is going to apply to everyone in your army it just says adeptus to start Adeptus Astartes units from your army are eligible to shoot in a turn in which they advanced or fell back. That's really good. Being able to fall back and shoot is awesome. It's not as good as fall, falling back and charging, but because it applies to your entire your entire army, not just Ravenwing, it's all Adeptus Astartes, this is very good. Honestly, it feels very ultramarine -y, or I should say it feels like 9th edition ultramarines, but it, it totally makes sense for Ravenwing. They're known for being super agile in combat, so this is this is a no-brainer in my opinion. Just looking at uh, the detachment rules for Ravenwing and Deathwing. So Deathwing, the detachment rule only applies to Deathwing infantry models. Like that makes sense. That's that's their Terminators. That's really what it's what it's made for, and that's all you're gonna ever gonna be able to use it on. However, for the Ravenwing, it's everyone. As far as having a whole army rule and not having to have a really narrow set of characters or a narrow set of models in your army, Masters of Maneuvers can be a lot more flexible. Two more items. I'm losing my voice. We're gonna talk about Talon Strike. So this is a strategic ploy stratagem. So this is gonna be a one CP strat during your shooting or fight phase target is going to be one ravenwing mounted unit from your army so something on a bike that has not been selected to shoot or fight this phase effect until the end of the phase each time a model in your unit makes an attack that targets an infantry character or mounted character unit add one to the wound roll so this is going to be really good for slay the warlord really really good for slay the warlord i'm really excited about this i mean this is the kind of thing where you you get into a charge with your Ravenwing knights with like, I don't know, a librarian on bike or something, or I can't remember the guy's name who's actually the leader of the Ravenwing, but like you just charge straight into their warlord and you just cut his head off. It's good stuff. Very reminiscent of the charge on Pelnor Fields from Rohan. 
Father Lingus. Okay, we're gonna talk about one more thing and then I'm going to stop talking. High-speed focus, this is another stratagem. This is a battle tactic stratagem for the company of hunters. It's also one CP. I love one CP strats. It's during your opponent's shooting phase, just after an enemy unit has selected its targets. And then what you do, are going to do is you're going to target one Ravenwing unit from your army that was selected as that target uh, for one or more of the attacking enemy's units. Okay, so just something that's being shot at in your army. Until the end of the phase, each time an attack targets your unit, subtract one from the hit roll. It's good. That's really good. Outriders are not known for their survivability. Adding this great i love it so so much i did lie i did say that was gonna be the last thing i talked about uh deathwing is also getting <laughs> getting an additional unit called the inner circle companion these are not deathwing terminators they are actually normally armored marines who get swords but they do cool stuff in melee combat there's a lot of like mystery around them i have not seen their data data sheet but their picture is really really cool and we're hopefully going to talk more about them later when we actually get our hands on the dark angels codex so keep an eye out for that as well all right guys coming up next we're going to be talking and uh, or we're going to be talking about the tau army changes that are going to be coming up specifically with the crute models and sculpts that are coming out now keep in mind because of last year's roadmap we do already know that the tau codex is on its way very soon so we should be getting an update to that but the changes we saw at the las vegas open are going to be primarily centered around crute the crute hunting pack and a few new models and sculpts so just keep that in mind so we'll go over the news here really quick here, guys. New models that are going to be included into the Crude Army are the War Shaper and the Flesh Shaper. So we've got some really, really cool guys coming over from that. The uh, War Shaper is going to be a seasoned battlefield commander who takes responsibility for the disposition of all Crude forces in the field, according to Warhammer.com. These models look beautiful. The War Shaper has this like really awesome kind of like double-sided tomahawk he's got a, a a bow and arrow sort of a thing but he just looks tribal and just awesome he's got this fat like flintlock looking pistol i mean these guys have just got so many different things going on in their aesthetic i'm super excited about these guys and honestly it does kind of make me want to go back and play like consider playing tau because these guys look so cool they look so, awesome We've got a lot of really cool like weapons coming on. Uh, the weapons that they have are the dart bow and tri-blade, um, which are just super cool, along with a blade stave and prey hook. So they have just a bunch of different weapons, different uh, hunting weapons that it looks like. And honestly, the models look pretty stinking awesome. I'm going to have a hard time painting them to look this good from what looks uh, from what I'm seeing on the previews, but that is going to be pretty dang awesome. Now, Moving on to another new model is we also have the Flesh Shaper. Now, Flesh Shapers, as said on Warhammer.com, masters of ritual butchery who take a strong personal pride in guiding the carnivorous practices of their fellow crew and ensuring only the finest genetic material makes it into their pack's evolutionary heritage. This guy's oh, a walking gosh. red flag of Warhammer lore <laughs> because he's like, hey, we're going to eat you and also only the best crew get to reproduce. Um, so this is... This is odd. <laughs> so that, there's uh, a lot. Is going, that eugenics? Uh, yeah, there's a handful. Of, there's a, there's a bit of eugenics going on here. So yeah, rut row. But you know they're space carnivores. So what are we going to do about that? Um, so just some 
really, really cool models. The Crute, sorry, I'm getting all their names confused. The Crute Flesh Shaper is basically running around with like sword and axe akimbo. So it looks like it's going to be a pre predominantly heavy melee unit. He does have a holstered kind of flintlock style weapon on his back. So pretty dang cool model. Really, really excited about that. But we'll have to see kind of how that ends up getting played out. Now, we did get a lot of new sculpts for the Crute Carnivores as well. Now, this is basically the line infantry of the Crute, and you're going to see a lot of these guys. So when we get into the hunting pack, which we're going to get to at the end of this, there is going to be 20 Crute Carnivores in this pack. So it's very much a horde army. You know how much I love painting horde armies. And so that's going to be really, really fun. They have some really, really cool um, weapon options. So whether or not that's your crew rifles that you can shoot from 20 different models at a time, or even looking at their tangle bomb launchers, there's quite a few different things that are going to be coming out on these models. Coming up next is probably one of my favorite units as well, is Crute Fire Support. So we are going to be looking at the Crutox Rider. This guy got some really, really awesome ornamentation on this new model. So in the new model, it looks like they just have like a ton of extra um, like ornaments, bangles, like all these different like war fetishes that are very common with like what we see at like the space wolves, um, not like kinky stuff, but like the stuff you put on your armor. So really, really cool. And these, they have several different models for the actual like Crutox gun that goes on top of the model. Which look now, really cool. Yeah, so these beaked behemoths look pretty awesome. And keep in mind with these is in the Crutox Rider, which we do have a data sheet for currently. This may get updated when the Tau Codex gets updated. But right now you can actually serve up to three Crutox Riders in a unit, which is pretty awesome. Their Crute Gun is a 36-inch range weapon with two attacks uh, and does have sustained hits because of the Kion attack detachment ability and they can scout seven inches so having that's really good a model like this potentially even three models that close to your army seven inches closer is pretty crazy because they do a decent amount of damage in range not the best for a tau army but there's these these are some of the more frightening melee units in the crute arsenal now this only gets better we're getting an additional sculpt or i believe it's a new model entirely uh the article had me left me with a couple of different questions so feel free to comment down below if you guys have any clarifications but we're also going to get the crute rampager this should be its own unit its own model its own unit you can have up to six crute rampagers in a unit and each of them gets seven attacks because they have harpoons on their back and spears and other weapons in their hands. So these are melee monsters. So keep in mind, if you run a full squad of six or the normal squad of three, which is going to come in the box, but a full squad of six with seven melee attacks per model, you're hitting with 42 attacks from a single unit in melee. That's really And these good. are going to be pretty crazy. If this is... Uh, based on the lore of these new models is these are actually younger crew talks and because they're younger they're not as disciplined which is why they use them as melee units because they're used as line breakers so very very cool very excited about these you keep saying the words melee and tau in the same sentence without like saying is bad at the end of that sentence and it's very jarring 
these guys are going to slap literally. <laughs> so be prepared for that. I'm super excited with this. So normally this is how things normally play out. And the games workshop is actually opening up a new codex as well. So for a, as a new part of the Tau empire, the crew hunting pack actually allows you to deploy an all crew force for the first time. So you don't have to have other Tau models if you don't want to. So is this so, going to be a part of the Tau Codex in a new detachment? Yes. Okay. Thank you. So you could essentially run a, a crew hunting pack all on its own. Now with that, they're basically selling the entire crew hunting pack as a unit. So I'll kind of go over really quick what's going to be in the new crew hunting pack. Um, let me That's an that army up. set? Yes, it's going to be an army set. So there's quite a bit here. Um, let me see. I just had it pulled up. Which tab is that? There we go. So the Crute Hunting Pack is going to have two sets of 10 Crute Carnivores. It is going to have a Flesh Terror, or excuse Flesh Terror, sorry, uh, a Flesh Shaper and a War Shaper, three Crute Rampagers, and one Crutox Rider. So you're getting a lot of models. Um, let me see, you're getting 24, 26 models as part of this crew hunting pack. And essentially you could run this as a standalone army. So really excited. Two battle line units, two uh, heavy support units, two leaders. Really, really cool. I'm really excited about this. But unfortunately, we don't have data sheets for a lot of these guys. Like we have data sheets for the crew tox rider and the crew carnivores, but we don't have data sheets for the other three new models. So really excited to hear about those in the changes to the upcoming Tau Codex. But we're still waiting. We're waiting on that to see what's going to come through. And not going to lie, I kind of want these guys. I know. They keep they keep re-sculpting a bunch of units. And I'm just like, don't buy it, don't buy it, don't buy it, don't buy it. <laughs> it's a trap. Self-control. Self-control. And that is all. Right now, that is all I have with the new uh, Tau releases. Just because, again, we don't have data sheets. So I'd love to talk more about this. But it would mostly just be speculation at this point. Um, so we're actually going to move into a little bit of news to end out the episode. Um, let's see. So I, I put my news notes in the middle of the episode because uh, I'm a dingus. Let's see. We already talked about solar auxilia, uh, but in Star Wars news, there's a lot of different Star Wars things. So we've talked a lot about Dark Force Remaster. Dark Forces Remaster is coming February 28th, 2024. Follow us on Twitch. We are going to do our best to be able to play that and stream that for you. Um, another bit of Star Wars news is that the Mandalorian movie has gone into production. Yeah, super excited. So Super excited. If, and Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, but that means that the Mandalorian as a series is no longer going to progress as a series, but as a movie potentially to finish out the series. Is that correct? Or is that still up for debate? That is my understanding. So that's my understanding is that this movie is going to kind of be the last we see of the Mandalorian. That's an assumption. That's a speculation. I don't really know. We don't we don't know anything about the movie other than uh, Grogu is going to be in it and Din Djarin's going to be in it. That's all we know. We don't know if this is going to be their end. We don't know pretty much anything. This could be the beginning of potentially a new trilogy. My guess is is if they're smart, what they will do is they will write a well-rounded story that keeps people on the edge of their seats and resolves nicely with the option of making sequels if the first one does well, a la Dune Part 1, because 
there there was not a dune part two in production until dune part one hit theaters they're like nope we're not going to green light this until we see how the first part of dune goes uh and it went amazing it was awesome oh my gosh a little bit of foresight which is totally understandable as a fan you're like hey there might be a second one if the first one tanks like yeah of course don't make a second one if the first one tanks like no duh so really like this move Another piece of Star Wars news we have is that Star Wars Celebration is getting moved to 2025. So there will be no Star Wars Celebration this year. So normally, uh, I believe it is held in either Anaheim or what did you say the other city was in London. the United States? L London. So sorry, London. So it's normally in London or Anaheim. The 16th Star Wars Celebration is actually going to be hosted in Japan at the murakari messe convention center near tokyo in april of 2025 now if i just butchered the pronunciation of that i'm sorry i am don't know anything about japanese pronunciation this bums me out i don't know if it bums you out but like i'm like when when they're not stateside that makes it incredibly hard for us to go to yeah um, but it is one of our goals as a podcast to actually attend one of these events and basically report for you guys we would love to do that. We don't have the money to do that, but especially since it's in Japan, like Anaheim, I could actually swing. Plane tickets locally are not that hard. Yeah, local plane tickets are not that difficult. When it's crossing an ocean, <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> but flying to Tokyo, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. So that's kind of a bummer, but it is a long ways out. So there could theoretically be some planning. And if for some reason we got like a thousand patrons in like one month or something, then yeah, we'll go to Star Wars Celebration and give you guys the the uh, first line scoop. So that'd be pretty fun. I was going to say, if we get a thousand patrons by then, we're going to start sending some of our patrons to Japan. In other news here, guys, we'll just bounce back to a piece of Warhammer news before we finish out the episode. Warhammer Chaos Gate is going to be coming to console yes. on the 20th of February. So <laughs> literally go. a month from right now, from where we are recording this, less than a month by the time you guys are hearing this, we're super excited about this. Cannot wait. Just like 31 more days. Um, Warhammer Chaos Gate coming to console. Um, I will be downloading that. So it's going to be yep. a very good time. And again, we're going to hopefully try to get some streaming time on those so we can basically give you guys the inside scoop. So make sure you guys are following us over on Twitch as well. We've been super active over there because we've been doing so many different projects. Uh, and that's where you guys can catch us throughout the week and chat with us about all sorts of different things. And we also post all of our Twitch replays to YouTube. Most of the Twitch replays. So most of them are buggy. Most of them are going to get posted. There's definitely been a couple streams where we've playing Gears, and it's definitely been like a hard TVMA. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know that we post some of those. My bad. <laughs> hey, I'm just as much to fault. <laughs> Sometimes things are said, and you don't necessarily want those uh, out <laughs> on YouTube for children to find. So my bad so uh other than that i think we are going to go over and finish this one out because we actually have a lot of recording and stuff to do today andrew anything else to add before i shut us down no i'm good other than thank you for listening fantastic where the f is all of our outros i didn't copy and paste it because i'm a moron yeah you are what are you doing all right. Thank you guys for watching. Every single one of you is handsome, beautiful, and amazing. Leave us your theories in the comments. Share pictures of your models on Twitter and Instagram. So 
we really like to see what you guys have going on. We're going to be posting pictures of our models on, in those places as well. If you have a question you want shared on the podcast, shoot us an email about talk at talkabouttattooing at gmail.com. We would love to have a listener question and answer portion for the podcast. So if you guys want to hear those on air, shoot us an email. Make sure to subscribe and like this video so that the algorithmic overlords will slice this video into the feeds of other like-minded folks. And until next time, the greater good protects.